2: In Barangaroo Studios, the Osbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance.
0: Well, as we say here to kick off podcast, well, hello, hello. It's a Thursday afternoon. The date is the 4th of August, 2022. My name is Kyle Rotter. It is the Close of Business podcast and I'm joined by David Scott. Hello, David. G'day, Kyle. How was your day, mate? Uh, It was busy. Good chaotic all the things that i like about working in this environment you know um always on my toes how is yours
1: uh much the same mate it's uh, life is like a box of chocolates you never know quite what you're going to get yes when it comes to uh working in financial media there's always a new headline just around the corner isn't there yes
0: especially when you're a diabetic so you've got to be careful of uh box of chocolates but um let's kick things off um with that that disclosure about uh scuddy's health status which i'm not too sure if uh, he's too enthused about but uh Market, dead flat today Um, after an an initial rally, couldn't hold on to those Wall Street gains, Uh, saw a little bit of strength in the tech sector, but uh, I guess use the term uh, term today that might have been a bit of a dash for trash, I think the phrase was. A lot of those speculative areas of the market performing well, but broadly speaking, again, market lower.
1: Yeah, mate. I'm staring at my mug here uh, in the studio, saying stonks only go up, and uh, certainly they've been going down a lot over the course of the first half of the year. But today is just once again, so many of those names that have been absolutely belted. Uh, were the ones that were doing really, really well. Uh, surprisingly enough, that uh, they're all on the ma- majority of them, I should say, were all on the most shorted list uh, as of the last update. Mm. So I wonder whether we're getting a bit of a squeeze underway, like we saw back in uh, parts of uh, late 2020 and uh, in 2021. As uh, a gamma squeeze, lots of option buying taking place and uh, whether we're seeing a repeat uh, mark 2.0, but of course, very different environment we find ourselves in now.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, we were talking about it yesterday too, weren't we though? Like whether it was uh, the return of day, tra- day trader and I think it was the... Um What's, what's the organization called, the um, Options Clearing Corporation? They used to release some really good data about small lot size option trades. It kind of gave you a bit of a feel for how many, um, uh, the volumes going through the market and in particular, uh, the volumes that related to trades placed by the day Dave, uh, day trader types. I haven't seen that data yet, but when we uh, talk about that kind of gamma squeeze at dynamic and what have you, uh, that's what we saw in the past. It'd be interesting to see if we can if we were able to see that data whether, whether that dynamic is coming back. But uh, I we digress. Well, we'll go through some of the uh, the big movements today. And again, we sort of touched on the uh, the, the nature of things. We saw tyre payments jump seventeen percent or so, points bet rose twelve percent, zip was up Actually, at different stages of this morning, in fact, by as much as five or six percent, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, but it finished three three uh, percent lower. So that uh, you know, kind of gambling chip theory about what's going on there uh, that I have is uh, obviously well fairly apparent, as well as still uh, still coming fruition to fruition. Uh, but Orica, uh, it announced uh, obviously a cap raise yesterday for an acquisition. Its shares down da- uh, declined again. At GrainCorp, it declined by 6.6%, and that's been sort of beaten up a little bit. Uh, but, uh, Scotty, anything else that caught your eye? Because, really, it was a pretty quiet day on the news front overall, I think.
1: No, there wasn't a lot. Uh, the trade balance here locally, was mm. uh, we all expected it was going to be a big one, but another massive record. Uh, look, it was juiced by a non-monetary gold, but uh, heck, it's the—it's uh, still an export item, and uh, that's going to go and juice our GDP uh, figures as well, real GDP in volume terms as well. So on top of what we saw with the retail sales volumes, things in early chart days are looking pretty good for Q2. GDP, that was one thing that caught my eye today. Uh, the other thing was just like the, just the sheer volume that we're seeing going through of some of these more speculative names in the market, just a continuation of that. And it's just really interesting to go and see where it's coming from, because uh, all it's coincided with is this, I know, pairing uh, of expectations about rate hikes. But then, of course, I know inflation's still pretty sticky at the moment. So that's one of those things that investors at the moment are clearly starting to go way up, you know, uh, whether this is going to be sustainable or not. Yeah,
0: for sure. And I think as well, if I'm not mistaken, I had a few people comment on the um, when I shared the, the trade balance data that maybe there was a bit of softness uh, in imports coming through there too that uh, increased the surplus, which sort of points potentially to maybe a bit of weaker demand. But uh, don't quote me on that. I'll refer that to an economist maybe tomorrow in the big picture. Um, but let's get across some of the conversations we had today because there were a few. And one of my personal favourites, um, and I always love being able to land on the show in which he is visiting is uh james white from lessip investment management and he jumped across a few themes in particular but really homed in on what the post-pandemic world look like and had a pretty upbeat assessment of the way u.s households are bearing at the moment as well as the u.s housing market uh any conversation that you had, scotty that's uh that
1: sort of jumps out uh, Tim Harcourt from UTS uh, had a bit of a deep dive into the geopolitical situation probably m- more down your, uh, your neck of the woods Carla mm. but uh, yeah really enjoyed I uh, know Nancy Pelosi, everyone knows that uh, no, her visit to Taiwan uh, suddenly has ruffled a few feathers and caused a bit of uh, eruptions in financial markets earlier on in the week. So getting a bit of a history lesson about uh, no, her family's history in relation to China was uh, pretty interesting and then where it potentially could go at the moment uh, this bifurcation of the, uh, the world that we're seeing seemingly take place before our eyes. Uh, and Tim said that uh, it's quite a worrying trend that's going on at the moment. So, uh, yeah, keep a, keep a close eye on those developments.
0: Yeah, and I suppose the risk of editorialising, which, you know, I always take that risk anyway, so why, why would I even uh, come with a disclaimer? But uh, Pelosi, career politician, always one of those people that you kind of feel... A li- I always feel a little bit cynical about, um, you know what I mean? Just someone who's sat in uh, the uh, higher echelons of government for a very long time um, and uh, to a questionable effect, perhaps. Um, but you got to kind of hand it to it. It's a pretty gutsy thing to do, to jump on a military plane, uh, and fly pretty much at the, through the face of uh, in, in the face of China and touch down in Taiwan um, to, to make a point. And like you said before, uh, she has uh, she has form when it comes to you know effectively sticking the middle finger up at uh, at the CCP. So uh, whether you agree with her or not, she certainly um, has flown that flag um, uh, in, on numerous occasions in her political uh, career. Um, but we'll, we'll move on because we had another few uh, another couple of good conversations today. One of them was uh, with uh, you, Lee. Uh, spoke about. Uh, the copper market in particular, was that a conversation with you, in fact?
1: was that? No, gaze? it wasn't, mate. So that was that might have been, uh, uh, been with gaze. Andrew.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, it was a really, really good conversation. Um, really highly recommend that one. Again, um, it's a it's an interesting chat at the moment because you've got those short-term cyclical factors when it comes to uh, the copper market, China slowing down, U.S. recession, all that kind of stuff, so China lockdowns, U.S. Uh, potentially going into recession, slowing down, if nothing else. Um, But there is this argument that there is going to be an incredible shortage of copper uh, as we make our, obviously, big transition in the global economy to uh, a greener future. Um, And another conversation that I had today, which was really, really good, was with Sam Phillips uh, from Reach Alternative Investments. And I always like those guys, the private market guys and gals, because they always seem to be very, very clever. It seems that you have to be very, very clever to do that job. Uh, and he talks about the diversification values of looking into private markets, and also kind of like uh, a bit of a you know follow, follow the money. On, in our instance, the follow the flow kind of uh, dynamic, uh, where you know you've got a lot of super funds investing in um, or, or allocating away from um, public assets or um, assets on public markets into into private uh, private markets, uh, and that's uh, that should be something of a that uh, that, that retail investors potentially um, follow, but. Let's move on, uh, because we'll get to the stock of the day, and fittingly enough, it was the Centuria Industrial REIT. It posted results today. Uh, not such a bad set of numbers. Spoke in fact to Grant uh, Grant McNichol. is Grant Nickel the uh, uh, yesterday um, before these results were uh, released. We had on the show Mark Gardner and Henry Jennings giving their view. Uh, let's have a listen to what they had to say about Centuria Industrial REIT.
2: This is a pretty solid company, to say the least. I mean, it's, it's a market leader, uh, industrial property, 99%, let's face it, 98.8% of uh, occupancy is pretty impressive. Um, don't seem to have been affected too much in the, uh, the economic downturn. The, the problem that REITs have is as interest rates go up, uh, that does tend to uh, affect the cost that they borrow at. This is only 33% geared, so it's relatively lightly geared. But also the question is uh, with property revaluations, because a lot of the, 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 um, the growth in REITs is from property revaluations. Now we're talking about house prices falling 10, 15, 20%. Now I know that industrial property is somewhat different, but you would imagine that it's still going to come under a little bit of pressure with higher rates. So um, it's it's a hold. You know, six percent yield, not fully franked, but it's guiding, etc. To um, to 17 cents uh, distribution for uh, FY 23. Um, it's got great high quality assets. It ticks lots of boxes. It's just a bit dull.
1: They're expecting demand to remain high. This thing normally trades on a ten percent premium to NTA. Uh, NTA is four dollars twenty four. so wow. And where the share price is right now is where it was a year ago. So even with those even if property comes back, they in the last year they've had a one point six percent revaluation to the upside, um, which is it, it's definitely slowing, that's for sure. but I mean the the um, pullback in the property in the industrial property prices is largely priced and probably and some. So you know this one, this one's a staple of um, you know for for clients. Just you know, very very steady. She goes as as uh, Henry pointed out. You know, we have okay. to have a little bit of boring in our portfolios.
0: There you go. It's there a double it. buy. So I don't it's, I don't think it's in the uh, in the uh, portfolio yet. So I think that goes to the investment committee for consideration. Oh, I, th- I, th-
1: I think Henry said that. It, I think Henry said that it wasn't. Uh, doesn't mind it, but I just think it's not sexy enough at the moment. I think is, is, is uh, so. Do we know, count a, that as a could, is is a wrong, double buy? Oh, yeah.
0: oh, it's a hold. Okay, it it's more more of a hold. Okay, um, that's that's. Oh, there fair we enough.
1: go. So not not sexy enough. So uh, Henry Jennings has uh, decided that uh, that's uh, that's going to be not a candidate, but uh, certainly uh, Mark Garner from Macro says it's a staple. It's like having your breakfast in the morning. Your Wheaties, your Wheaties, and, your and CIP which, as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, so there's there's the stock of the day. Um let's just have a look very quickly at what we've got coming up in the next say 12 to 24 hours what investors will be waking up to tomorrow morning the news. Um scuddy with the BOE you reckon I mean there's a bit on the
1: earnings front but BOE that's probably the highlight. You'd say so. And uh you, you never quite can trust the BOE nowadays can you because uh <laughs> the unreliable boyfriend tag is stuck maybe across our two governors now. Not just one, uh, of course, uh, Mark Carney into Andrew Bailey's getting a bit of reputation for maybe going and bending the, no, no, the promises that uh, are provided to the market when it comes to forward guidance. So it'll be interesting to see how they're going to play at the moment, but uh, no one can go and doubt at the moment what's going on. There's inflationary pressures there are pretty intense as whether how much of that has been driven by external factors that they cannot control and how much is to do with demand but uh, one way or another it's going to be pretty interesting to see what they say. What's uh, what's coming up on the earnings front tonight because we are at the tail end we've had over 70% of US uh, companies report now any uh, any major names out to, uh, still to go and report?
0: Well it looks like we've got block uh, reporting so that's going to be important for our market tomorrow obviously because it's got that dual listing there So um, and it's been a really big well, uh, a, a star performer over the last few days and weeks um, block i just every morning i go out and read that kind of uh stocks that we watch or whatever uh in the in the first hour of trade and it always seems to be in the green uh at least in the in the last couple of weeks since we've seen this kind of uh return to to some of these tech and growthy names to to some extent so that's going to be interesting as to how our market trades tomorrow but we also have warner brothers going to be really interesting just because of the streaming wars that's that's always a thematic and interesting topic and you know we had announced in the last few days um some programming that they would cut or not go ahead with, potentially, um, that, that might be a bit of an interesting story to tell just because it might indicate, uh, you know, the kind of um, very, very, very discretionary spending that goes on in the US economy, which I think you could probably say a lot of these streaming companies are very, very, very discretionary in uh, in their nature. Um, and uh, the other one, too, but they're always uh, a little bit unreliable, um, is uh, Alibaba is expected to, to report, but we'll, we'll see if they come through because they, they normally just do their own thing. Um, so, again, I, I get the sense BOE will, will be the big one. Um, see what they do, see if they surprise us. Um, 50 basis points baked in. Uh, but that's what we'll be waking up to tomorrow morning for uh, for TGIF.
1: Well, with that, we should probably say yibbida yibbity That's all, folks. We'll go wrap it up there. Of course, non-time payroll's out tomorrow evening as well. We'll see, uh, we'll see what it brings there. That's going to be a pretty crucial one, you'd imagine, as well. Carl, always a pleasure to go and wrap up the day with you. Have a great uh, afternoon, and I'll speak to you tomorrow. You too, mate. Thanks.